I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you something. You know, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supple with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and I'm just an open-faced shit sandwich. <laughs> and my name is Colin Drucker, and believe me, girls, that's what they're trying to do to me. Pork me purple. <laughs> <laughs> One of my uh, favorite lines. Yeah. And uh, all of this, of course, because we are continuing our uh, our our time, our treasured time in the Billy Barnes Extended Care Ward, because we are still talking about season one of Getting On this week. Getting On, episodes three and four. Yeah. We're midway it, through. We're midway through. And it's uh, it was weird. I was like, because oh, we haven't done this before on this podcast where we've, yeah. you know uh had a, a you know what am i trying a to little say extended series an extended or, series yeah. yeah where there's been a bridge between two episodes and uh it was like oh yeah i get to spend more time with these ladies this week i was yeah. very excited same i very much looked forward to watching these i was in erie for the weekend and i i think i woke up a little the the crew in erie tends to wake up pretty late so Keon and I have the mornings to ourselves, and uh, it's nice, though, in a way, to just kind of, mm. like, get some stuff done. So I uh, – but, yeah, I, I'm, I was and continue to uh, look forward to my time with these three women and more characters as they sort of develop. Yeah, and I feel like uh, what I'm sensing from getting on is, like, every week there's, like, one – featured guest actress you know yeah uh i I think in the first episode i mean besides meeting the you know the three main ladies in the first episode we do get aunt rachel we do get Thelma hopkins as beverly and then obviously in the second episode we got squibbed we got fully squibbed full on squibbed yeah i don't (laughs) know where varla is in episodes three or four but she seems to have left the billy barnes excited care unit or they've put her on a thorazine drip because she does not show up (laughs) but uh at least in this third episode we get jane adams as a union rep um who i very much enjoyed recently in hacks as ava's mother Oh, I haven't got there yet. I didn't give up on Hacks, but I set it aside for a moment. So maybe oh, I'll get, I'll get back on the Hack train. Yeah. You haven't finished Hacks? I haven't finished it. And I know it's like uh, I was like really full steam ahead there for a while. And then I just, I don't, yeah. know, I don't know what I do instead. But uh, it's we, a good reminder. It's we good named reminder. the bypass after it, the Hacks Bypass. I keep wanting That's to call true. it. Yes, I need I wa- to honor it. Yeah, I keep wanting to call it the Hacks Protocol. I don't know why. We might start calling it the Hacks Protocol. 
Um, yeah, the hacks exception or yeah. uh, something like that. Yes, but you know, if we're gonna name it, if we're gonna if we're gonna call it the hacks protocol, hacks exception, you gotta fi- <laughs> finish watching it. I do, I do. Uh, uh, well, that's that's a nice little goal for the week. I think that'll yeah. be perfect. Yeah, I think it's a great goal. I think what a what a wonderful way to spend your week watching hacks, which. Uh. By the way, like it's eight episodes in total, and they're all uh, under a half hour. So, you know, and Gene Smart's in all of them. Yeah, yeah. Say no more. Yeah, I just you know uh, what else is there? But anyway, we are not here to talk about hacks this week. We are here to continue talking about getting on. Um, so, overall thoughts. You know, I I we're both kind of. I don't know if you've jumped ahead at all, but we're both kind of just, you know, watching episodes as we're discussing them. Uh, how uh, have you watched ahead or are you still just, you know, four episodes in? I am following the assignment and not looking ahead. I, I think it's like perfect. And I'm I'm very much tempted to. But also I know that it's like worth just kind of, you know, small doses and and really kind of concentrating on you know, the episodes in front of me. So that's, that's where I am. So what are your thoughts? What's your, what are your hot takes, high level opening thoughts on these next two episodes? I mean, it keeps getting better and better. And there, there, there are like more layers of the onion for, especially I feel like Don in the fourth episode, I think it would be fun. This is just like a side note after each of the episodes, uh, like episode three and four today to name like a sort of who like your BSA of that episode. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. are you team Don? Are you team, uh, you know, uh, Dee Dee or even Jenna or even, you know, team Birdie, whoever really kind of floats your boat. I think that'd be fun to. Sort yeah, of, uh, absolutely. Because I was all about Don in episode four. I was really into her. And uh, I but yeah, I think that like as. It's I keep going back and forth with Laurie Metcalf and uh, as Jenna, it's just like, God, she is insufferable. Yeah. And, but also like expertly executing that line of like 70 percent insufferable and like 30, like maybe 20 percent kind of in between. And then like 10 percent like, oh, you do care and you do like these girls. And I love when those moments show up. So it's a good balance. But ugh. I just yeah. hate the things that come out of her mouth sometimes, but it's so fun to watch. It's great. It's and I I do think that there is that sort of again much like a Michael Scott office kind of quality where yeah. certainly by the end of episode 4 we get, you know, a finally a moment of redemption for Jenna. I mean, I think about in the office, I I don't know if this was the first redemption moment, but it's the earliest one I can think of for Michael was in season 2 the first Halloween party episode when he has to fire somebody and you know, the episode ends with everybody in the office kind of hating Michael. And then the epilogue of the episode is him alone in his condo and watching TV on Halloween night. And then his doorbell rings and it's a bunch of trick or treaters. And then the, the bag breaks and he's like, Oh, Oh, these are, you know, you can have all of them. These are all yours. And we just see this moment of like Michael being really sweet with the kids and, and very sympathetic and, and it's those little breadcrumbs of sympathy that you get. And I feel like we start to see a little of that by the end of episode four with Jenna when she kind of stands up for Dawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and granted, I think what's really interesting about Jenna is it is it is a moment of sympathy 
for the audience for Jenna, but Jenna is also, her ego is also reacting to the fact that some of her colleagues have given her low scores. And so she's also trying to kind of redeem that. So this is not a fully selfless moment for Jenna. So I, and I love that, that it's not just like, oh, but she is good at heart. It's like, well, it's consistent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I, yeah. I'm excited. I, I, those are really kind of my opening thoughts. Um, Niecy Nash continues to be stellar. I'm waiting for her to kind of have her moment, and I'm hoping mm-hmm. that comes sooner than later because I'm just, you know, you have Niecy Nash, you got to make her, you got to use Niecy Nash because yeah. it's, it would be a shame not to. And I, but I think with that being said, like this, the first episode, or rather episode three, has a little bit more of her, but I'm, you know, her kind of mentioning her taking in her sister's kids and all mm-hmm. that other stuff too. There's a little bit more of those, uh, I don't know, the notes of, of Dee Dee and what's, what's underneath the surface. Yeah. I would say that, that Dee Dee is certainly featured a bit more in the third episode, but the fourth one, I think she is the most minor of the three characters. Because yes. I think the fourth one is so much more about this arc for Jenna and then this B story of Dawn and Patsy. <laughs> yes. That, you know, it's funny. I, I, I'm thinking about how, you know, when I watched this the first time and, and it just didn't, I think didn't fully register for me. And of course, I, again, <clears throat> I don't know how this all plays out, but it, I never really fully understood the nuances of what was going on between Patsy and Dawn. And so I'm curious, like, how are you reading the situation? Like, what do you think they're telling us? Yeah, I mean, I will get into it in the, the fourth episode, too. But um, I, I'm imagining he's somewhere on the queer spectrum. I mean, they keep giving us these little Easter eggs. And obviously him and Don have hooked up. Um, and I say hooked up and not had sex, but I, I can't remember if they actually did. But I think um, she just gave him a blowjob. So sure. It was, okay, got yeah, it. Yeah. You know, sexual acts of sorts. But uh, Sure. I, but I, I don't know. I, I would love if he was gay, but I, I think he's also figuring himself out, which is such a great um, sort of like late in life coming out story is something that we don't see so often on a show or a movie or something like that. So I'm all for that. Um, but I'm... I guess I'm kind of just choosing to be mindful of it and also like enjoy like the antics that come out of it with Don just like trying also trying to figure it out and like cornering him. But also at the end of episode four, he's kind of into her still. So he's he's also not sure. So I'm not sure. (laughs) And that's all I know. Yeah, well, and and I wonder if it's whether or not he's sure or he's just running as fast as he can from the truth, from his sexuality. Sure, yes. And, and I, I think both are exciting. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, no, no, no. I th- yeah, I think we don't know the answer yet, at like, you know, four episodes in. But, I, you know, I think that scene when he's like, I think we need to talk about the state of our relationship and, you know, the moment that she says, like, yeah, well, but are you gay? Then he's like, well, I'm not sure, you know, if I'm over us. Like, he's the moment she kind of brings up this question of him being gay, then he deflects by being like, Mm -hmm. well, I might still be interested in you. And it's, there is something kind of sad about it as well. Like, Oh my God, this guy is just like running. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he has found when you think about it, when you look at someone like Dawn, it's like, Oh yeah, this is who you, 
this is who you deflect with someone like this. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. It's just, I, and I love that. I, I think that that just like fits into the kind of like uh, the, the darkness uh, or the sort of, you know, the black comedy of the show is that like the, the love story of the show is, is fraught with all this like internalized homophobia, you know? Yeah. Yes. Um, so, uh, so let's, you know, speaking of love stories, let's dive into the third episode because, you know, yeah. really the love story of the third episode is Miss Birdie and Leonard. Leonard Butler. Leonard <laughs> Butler and Miss Birdie, who I just, I'm sure it's not how you pronounce her name, but I just love calling her Ann Gilbert. I just, Ann Gilbert. I, yes, Ann Gilbert. Whenever I see her, I just think, there she is, Ann Gilbert. Uh, yes. Who is, <laughs> well, so when the episode opens, they've also, and this was very relatable, and I wonder how much you've encountered this in the corporate world, but they've also enacted, as Dawn calls it, a top-down way of, you know, how to think uh, and how to do their jobs with, you know, this, you know, how can I make you happy and, you know, yes. making people happy campaign and all of that HR bullshit. Have you, because I definitely saw variations of this obviously not the same but variations of this in my own life in the corporate world but have your jobs ever kind of had this same you know like mickey mouse approach to something that isn't that complicated yeah for sure i mean not to the extent to the extent of like change management you know what i mean because that i feel like that's such a hot buzzword you know Mm -hmm. nowadays too but um but little things like i i haven't really experienced it to this degree but like when I was like at my job that I'm at now but like starting out just like customer service just taking calls sort of like call center vibes like Mm -hmm. they would try to make you know we're gonna have a baseball theme contest and whoever has the highest adherence hits a home run and you get like (laughs) you know an extra 15 minute break and they even had like a little ticket that they gave you and i was like oh god God." and i was like ah and i would just look over to like the you know the you know the lifers that were in customer service who were like in their 50s and i'm Mm -hmm. like this is i feel embarrassed for everyone but mostly like the older people that have just been there for a while it's just like i understand everything that they're trying to say but like it's 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 gonna be it's always gonna be work it's never gonna be and i guess it is about like the customer experience and but in this this case what are they calling them they're uh they're not patients they're calling them customers instead of oh they are okay yeah yeah that Um, seems so bizarre to me but yeah i to answer your question like in a way and i just feel like it never really sticks how about you i'm sure you felt it and experienced it too oh i mean the last job that i left it was the most it was just such a strong hr culture and uh, you know and it's it's so much of of just like you know they would have these all company meetings and they would treat like they would the way they would treat it all it was just like this isn't Chuck E. Cheese. Like we stop, like stop putting googly eyes on all of this, you know? Um, it kind of makes you feel like you're a kid, you know, like there's a summer camp vibe to it all. But I think what I hate about it the most is that like, while there's this whole rah, 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 you know, happy, you know, kind of uh, outer shell to all of this. Then when you dig in companies that have this kind of culture, once you dig in and like try to question it or like, 
poke holes in it, you like realize that there's, it's all built on heartless red tape. It's all built on like, you know, there are forms and paperwork and language that protects the company in all sorts of ways um, that you don't even know about. You know what I mean? And I just think there's all of that of like, you know, when I left my last job, I did an exit interview and and I was kind of in a headspace of like, oh God, I don't, I'm just like, get me out of here. And yeah, so I'm talking yeah. to some HR drone and she's like, you know, is there any sort of feedback, whatever? And I was like, well, you know, I think, I think this company has a, you know, uh, a company culture of constant growth. It is all about constant growth. You're like sharks. And I think it is worth thinking about, well, what is the balance between, your constant growth and burnout because I'll tell you that like you can't have one without eventually having the other if you're going to continue to employ human beings and you know like the company I was at the the main company I worked for we were acquired by this larger company a couple years ago so I really saw the change and I was like I really saw like it was a very different company culture and coming into this one um you know I think the potential for burnout is huge and Obviously, I'm an, I'm a perfect example of that, and yeah. I remember her saying something like, "Oh, you know, that's really good feedback. You know, some people are just like not, you know, prepared for like the pace that we, you know, all, you know the, that we work at here at you know, X company." And I was just like, "Oh wow, that's your reaction. Your response is like, well, that's the way we do things. If you don't like it, deal with it." And yeah. I just, uh, it, it just. It, it was a great last impression of, of corporate America of like, oh, yeah, y'all don't give a shit. Like, this is a business and like, don't ever forget it. And I think yeah. in, the, in terms of getting on, I mean, I think the narrative that they're really telling here is like, this is a hospital. These are patients. Yeah. Our job is to take care of them and make sure that they're healthy and whatnot. And like, it's about so much more than like, did they have a you know, did, did we make them feel all warm and gushy while they were in the, you know, ICU, you know? Yeah. It's always, it's, I don't know what percentage to assign to it, but like most of the time it's not going to be so glamorous. And most of the time your energy is going to be focused elsewhere. It's so, so to add something onto that, onto your regular sort of workflow. in addition to like all of the surprises that pop up, like, mm-hmm. you know, shit on a seat you know what i mean and just right? like cleaning up and all the other antics and people that are dumping patients and it just seems i feel it typically happens when like when new management comes in which makes perfect sense that like you know i feel like it, it comes from above patsy but like he's sort of driving it at the same mm-hmm. time or i don't know if it was his baby but um i would feel I would hate to be in management having to know that people are going to hate whatever you're going to say. Oh, God. Oh, I know. I mean, yeah, I want no part of any of this. Like no, watching all of you. this. Yeah, it was just that reminder of like, I don't I don't ever want to work anywhere that has corporate culture or like any of this, any of what we're seeing in this. <laughs> yeah. I don't want, you know, uh, sure. it's a real cautionary tale. And I, I really think, you know, I've never worked. I've worked like health adjacent. I've worked for like health websites, like health information sites, you know? Um, So like not the same at all as working in a hospital, but I, I thought a lot about like, Oh, I know people who've worked in hospitals and have worked closer to hospitals. And I feel like it's kind of like people who are teachers. I don't know many people who don't, who talk about working in a hospital or working as a teacher without sounding just exhausted and frustrated by the whole thing in ways that they have no control over, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of um, a scene from Veep where uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, her character, she goes up to Sue, the receptionist, mm-hmm. because Sue was, like, interviewing elsewhere, and someone told her, and she's like, Sue, you are a valuable member of this team, and, you know, what What can we do for you? And before she even finishes the sentence, Sue just says, more money, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And she's like, great. And then she walks away. She's like, and then she walks back in her office. She's like, got Sue back for a dollar. What's next? You know, it's like, it's <laughs> right. we just, at the end of the day, I think the three things everyone wants is less work, more time off, and more money. That's really all that we care about. <laughs> that yeah. Those are the only perks. Yeah. Unless you really love your job. Sorry, sorry. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. Exactly. Unless you really love your job and you're doing something you're passionate about. But if you're doing... A job that you're like, yeah, well, I'm good at it, or I'm, I have training in this, or I have experience in this, or I have connections yeah. in this industry, or the money is good. It's like if it's for all those other reasons that tend to be why people have a job, then like, I mean, yeah, you could, you know, you could put as many toppings on that shit sandwich as you want, but like, it's still got shit between the bread, you know. And I just, yeah, I, yeah. I think that way about. I mean, I've had so many years of of day no not just day jobs but like career jobs where i was like yeah this i don't i would quit this job yesterday i mean that's how i again that's how i felt about this last job and why i had such a sort of irish good goodbye about it because i was like i was ready to quit this job months ago so like i could care less about the work some of the people are fine but i'm never going to see any of them again so that's fine uh and and even after a while, it was like, well, the money's actually really good, but that's not even enough. It's just, you know, like uh, the things that made me happiest were when I didn't have much work to do or I had more time off. That's pretty much what it came down to, yeah. was yeah. minimizing that job's presence in my life, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's it's complicated. Yeah. <sighs> well, enough of me complaining about my day job, but this this certainly <laughs> just it was a trigger. Um so in this episode, you know, what we see is uh, not only does Bertie's boyfriend come to visit with an old Valentine's Day box full of milk duds. Uh, I feel like the line that Bertie likes to suck on them was kind of a, <laughs> a hint. Yes. Yeah. Things to come. Uh, but also, and I didn't see this coming, was the offhanded joke that Dee Dee makes to Patsy about, you know, not bad for a fat fairy. Uh, turns into an HR issue and she gets a complaint about homophobic language. And um, and that's where we meet Jane Adams as her union rep. Who, I don't know if we ever get her, get her name, but um, who is, I, I think is great. I think she's an actress who has been around for a while, who, you know, has, I feel like every time I see her, she's always playing like these very nervous roles. Like she's, she would be a, a younger Jane Adams would be great as honey. And who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. Like Ooh. she can play that like really fragile neurotic energy. I love that for some reason. I don't know why. And this isn't, she reminded me of like the gym teacher from clueless, maybe less angry, but like the same sort of like tousled hair <laughs> energy. The one who's just like yelling uh-huh. at them to come hit the ball. Um, it's just like, okay, I got to get through this and we're, you know, we're all here. We all don't want to be here, but I got to use the lang. I'm the mediator. So here I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet she was still really good at her job and really funny in this role too. Yeah, I mean, she's got all the pens in her hair. I mean, it's yes. like... Yeah, it maybe everything. that was it. Yes, um, yes, yes. Yeah. And so uh, so they have to set up a mediation ses- session with Patsy. Um, 
and then meanwhile, I, I took the note that, you know, uh, Jen, uh, Jen is doing rounds. First, they talked to this woman, Susan, who I didn't really pick up until I rewatched the episodes. Susan had come into the hospital to get, like, uh, sort of preventative surgery on her knee because she was going to be running a marathon. So she oh, wanted yeah. to get her knee taken care of before any, mm-hmm. anything went worse, you know, or, you know, went from, you know, okay to bad. And then yeah. we find out in the fifth episode or the fourth episode that then she gets a knee inf- or an infection in her knee while I she's know. there. And I thought that was such a subtle commentary on like, yeah, if you want to get sick, go to the hospital. I've heard that before, you know? Yeah. Um, yes, I know, so. I know. Uh, and also I took the note that this old lady looks like an old Dakota fanning. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Oh, yeah. God, yes. Right? I, yeah. I think this is also um, maybe before the rounds, but it's just like the perfect Jenna line. She tells Don, she's like, oh, you don't need to, you don't need to diet. You just need to lose a few pounds. Yeah. Which yeah. is like the perfect way to describe like how she re- like. Ugh, it's God, like a perfect I, Jenna like, moment. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah. Uh, and so eventually, yeah, eventually we do see Bertie and Leonard who are now in the lounge area instead of Bertie's room and Bertie's blowing Leonard. Uh, and I love (laughs) when, when Dee Dee has to go over there and, uh, she's like, oh no, oh no, Miss Bertie. No, Miss Bertie, I need you to sit up. And, uh, and then Leonard's like, oh, I'm Leonard Butler. And she's like, yeah, I know who you are and I need you to straighten up too. (laughs) (laughs) The way Dee Dee talks to them is so funny. Uh, she's perfect. She's great. Uh, and then of course, Jenna also has this, uh, this raffle for her husband, the museum where her husband works. The raffle. For something that happened in India. And as she tells Dee Dee, or uh, Dawn, we have to care, which I I loved. I thought that was you know this has nothing to do with it with a, a fundraiser for anything in India and everything to do with Jenna getting people to sign up for her husband's raffle. Yeah, they're fifty bucks each, right? Like six it, tickets are three hundred dollars. It was so you she you could get one ticket for ten bucks, but she was oh. selling them in like strips of of five or something like that. So. Um, so yeah, I think, or yeah, so I think Dee Dee oh, or Dawn bought six strips of five tickets. So then it ended up costing her $300. Yeah. I just love this whole thing. It's like, it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just love how Dee Dee says, well, what do I win? Like the way that she asks, she's like, what's right. going on? It's like the way that she asked that, that made me laugh so hard. Right. What do I win? Like, what is this? Yeah. And Dawn, obviously she like we just said she commits to six strips which is three hundred dollars but i don't think she knew how much it was and we we know by now that don's not made of money or you right. know it has money issues and then jenna asks Dee Dee if she could lend don money and she's right. like she just like is like no no yeah i love that uh i like that you know don or Dee Dee. Dee, Dee always kind of like she she gives jenna just as much respect as she has to. You know what I mean? Like she yes. doesn't kiss up to Jenna, which is a relief. And uh, yeah, that's the the best word for it. It yeah. is a relief, yeah. Uh and so uh I have the line here that Jenna mentioned at some point that she's doing research on geriatric stool, which of course we know about her her stool study, but just like yes. just the abysmal realization that Jenna is spending hours researching old people's poop. 
I mean, uh, it's I know. the the narrative of that is brilliant. Like when you really think about this miserable character and like what she's spending all of her time on is like studying, you know, senior citizen shit. Like it's it it's so fascinatingly awful. Yeah, like uh, like we said in last week's episode too, like the desperation, but like also like how committed she is to it. Like, I, I, I wish I had, like, an ounce of her commitment mm-hmm. towards, like, anything because it is kind of her way out of her current life. Like, I feel like if Jenna... If everything went right for Jenna, she would, like, go to this conference. They would snooze, offer her a job somewhere. She would divorce her husband and never look back. Like, that's what I picture going on. Or, yeah. like, her dream, I guess. Uh but I, I do love that Patsy also stands up to her as they're like sparring in the hallway. Like I love when they cross paths. Oh yeah, because that, oh that's what happens is that they've got the orientation session for make people happy, yes. and that conflicts with the conference in Cleveland, the infamous conference in Cleveland, and mm-hmm. uh, so and you know then and that's when Jenna is making her big point about how she's doing her study on geriatric stool. And then she needs to go talk to Paul, Paul, uh, about, Paul. you know, to, to get Paul's, um, Paul's support. And when she goes back to the hospital, you know, the, the main building where Paul is and uh, discovers that he's about to have lunch with some new, you know, hot young doctor. Mm-hmm. Christine. And Christine. And when she says, oh, am I early? And, and the way that Paul says to her, you are absolutely perfect like it's so it's such a great line delivery and he's so and the way that jenna just like watches that interaction like just there's a there's a valerie cherished desperation about watching the two of them together that is just i i i love that in because and probably because it's laurie metcalf that i can both hate jenna and feel bad for her in the same moment you know yes yes And, and like and it's made like even more evident, like almost like a Michael Scott, Valerie Cherish, like where she's a. Oh, we should all get lunch, mm-hmm. or, or coffee, coffee together, or, or, right? You know, and then she just kind of trails off because she knows it's pointless, and yeah, you feel and says, so bad. You feel so bad for her, and he's like, "Yes, you know, some other time." And and she's just the way that she has to just kind of save face constantly is like you can't help but pity her in some way. I know. So, uh, you know the. Eventually, the you know the the boundless sexuality between Birdie and Leonard really brings up uh, I think another point that they're kind of I think there there are all of these little points about you know modern medicine and and you know hospitals today, but it's something I hadn't really thought about that they're it's not that Birdie and Leonard are not allowed to have sex, but there is all of this hospital red tape that at least Jenna believes in that they have to go through to prove consent and to prove, you know, that they're coherent enough and that there's no STDs. And it's, uh, you know, because of the potential for the frenzy of fornication, as she says. And and it's so interesting because I guess my first, my first thought was like, Oh no, I bet Birdie and Leonard are just not allowed to have sex. But like, technically they are. I, I just, I don't know. I hadn't considered that nuance, you know? Yeah, I feel, I mean, I don't know if I, like, read or heard or, like, knew someone who worked in nursing homes of just, like, I mean, if you are a straight man in a nursing home, you've hit the jackpot, really. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, and how that there's very, like, it happens and does happen. And, I'm, I'm of course, they probably have to have some sort of 
process or just like a uh, way to deal with it, I suppose, because like what's stopping them? <laughs> I don't right. Know. Right. Like, you know, I mean, as Dawn says at one point, it's like, so at least we don't have to worry about her getting pregnant, you know? Yes. Uh, though I, what I've read is, yeah, similarly that in like retirement villages and whatnot, like STD rates are through the roof because yeah. no one's using condoms. No one sees a need for that. Uh, you know, and there, there's nothing else to do, I guess. And now with Viagra and Cialis, everyone's like got a bed, yeah. Every, and everyone's <laughs> got a bed, and it's you know automatic, so you can you know a little craftmatic if you need to sit up and change positions, no problem, you know. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, God, if my bed could move around like that, maybe you know, maybe I would be doing the same thing. Um, yeah. Make my life so much easier. So, uh, so anyway. Uh, then we we eventually get to this conflict resolution meeting, and I just loved in terms of acting choices when, you know, the, Patsy is kind of like pushing for a stronger apology from Dee Dee, and just like the little nuances of of Jane Adams turning to Dee Dee and saying like, you know, could you please make a fuller apology? And she like winks with one eye and kind of rolls her eyes a little bit as she says it. Like it's so subtle, and it's such a smart yes. way to show someone like her is like. We just got to sign these papers, you know, like I really could give two shits about how anybody feels in this room, you know? Yes, it was so perfect. It's like, I wonder if it was written. I wonder if Jane brought that to the table. Uh, that line and the other line of let's not turn this into a brouhaha. Take a mm -hmm. breath. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was yeah. like my favorite. That was almost my intro line. It was so stupid and so funny. Uh, a brouhaha. A brouhaha. <laughs> yeah. Um. There is a potential a potential C diff, or there is a C diff outbreak in the ventilation suite, and so mm -hmm. Patsy orders that they do a full deep cleaning of the entire ward, which Jenna does not agree with, and um, she has a meltdown that culminates in some variation of Donald Duck noises. Oh my gosh, it was truly unhinged but i loved it i just love how it sort of like trailed off at the end and patsy's just kind of staring right at her i just love how she always gets caught in those moments yeah yeah oh i i'd love a gif of her like making the donald duck noises because it looks like she's making like explosion sounds and it and she almost like looks right in the camera when she's doing it it's it's totally unhinged um you know when she and Patsy have this this confrontation, one of the things I noticed is that, and I sort of noticed them a little bit in the past, but really saw it this time around, is that, first of all, her office is just like an old broom closet. And yes. there's like three old computer monitors just like sitting on a side table. I think the first time I'd seen the glimpse of one of them, I thought, oh, she's just one of her, it's just her computer monitor. But no, these are just like, it's just old equipment that she's been stored in there with. I think that's such a great like little detail. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's in the second episode where she eats the salad. <laughs> yes, there's a shot of we'll, her just we'll like... We'll save it. We'll save it. Sadly yeah, eating a salad. so yeah. good. I mean, oh, my God, the bite. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just... It adds to her sort of bucket of, like, you... Of, like, feeling, you know, you're sympathetic towards Jenna in those moments because yeah. it's just like, ugh, you can't really win, but you're still kind of awful... But right. I feel bad. Right. Uh, you know, I think my favorite acting choice maybe of this episode, or at least one of, 
is when she is having that confrontation with Patsy about going to Cleveland. And she yes. says, so I am going to that conference and that is <gasps> the end of that. Do you mind? Like she, her, she has a sob that like breaks up her sentence. And I was like, that was all Lori Metcalf. No one told her to do that. And if they yes. did, she's the one who figured it out. But I was like, oh, not only did she basically say the closing line of this podcast and that, as they say, is that, but she <laughs> sobbed through it. I mean, I was in heaven. It was experts, expert level of acting there. Because, yeah, it's like she says, I'm going to the conference. Yes, I am. And then she gasps. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it is because I do love this whole sort of it's such a great little um, like a classic sitcom like mix up where she's talking to Patsy about the inappropriate sexual like acts yep. that are happening on in this ward and Patsy thinks she's talking about her and or excuse me, him and Don. But really, she's talking about. Birdie <laughs> and right. uh, what's his face? Leonard. Um, yeah. yeah, Leonard. So it's it's great. And like at that point too, it, like he kind of has to cave anyway because mm-hmm. he's like nervous now. So it's it's perfect. Yeah, I know. I noticed that too. I was like, oh, this is such a like um yeah, this is becoming a comedy of errors now. Yeah, uh, I, I love that. Yeah. Uh so the last scene of the episode we see Jenna leaving with her cooler full of shit. Uh, which I just love. That was she had that like classic red and white igloo cooler, uh, full of biohazard, and uh, you know, and that's when she says, "Believe me, girls, you know that's what they're you know." Because she says, "Oh, what if I just left an inflatable doll in my chair and everyone could just come in and pork it?" Because believe me, girls, that's what they're trying to do to me. Pork me purple. I just, <laughs> which is an image. Um, oh God! And then the last scene in this episode, which I kind of it was. It was sort of like, maybe it was just the music and the fact that one of the ladies kept smiling, uh, but it was a sort of endearing scene of them yes. moving all of the, the, the ventilation suite ladies out. We're, you know, we're going on a hayride. We're, we're heading up to six. Like, it just, there's the, a couple, there's scenes like that in Getting On where it's just like, it's not meant to be the turd on the chair. It's not meant to be an emergency. It's just, this is just one of the things that we do while we're here. And sometimes it's even, you know, not awful you know like it's not awful it's not great it just is what it is you know yeah and that don and Didi are really good at it i love those sort of moments the two of them just kind of getting it done and really like excelling in like bedside manner and just Mm -hmm. like being wonderful yeah i know i i they're the two of them together their chemistry is so interesting to watch yeah so who's your bsa of episode three colin who do you give it to and why you know, I think that is a good question. I think it's going to have to be You know what? I'm going to I'm going to give it to Jane Adams this week. I think that Ooh, she I, like that. I know. I, like I that. think she packed the wink. A, the wink. I think she packed a lot into that wink. I think that you know, uh Lori Metcalf was coming for it with that sob and she almost got it. Uh but I'm going to give it to Jane Adams this week or this episode. I love that. I love that. What about um, you? I think, I think I'm going to give it to Nisi Nash. I know that like, she didn't have a lot to do in this episode, but like I loved her in the conflict resolution. I love how annoyed by it. She was, mm-hmm. I love, um, what was the other part? Um, Oh no, that was Don that said that. Me- oh no, it was Dee Dee, I think, where she was like, "Men will put their dicks in anything at any time." When she's oh, talking to Don, yeah. which is such a great line. 
I I just um there was one other little thing that made me laugh. Oh, when um they meet Margaret, not Marguerite, Margaret. Oh, she Margaret. Says, it's a schwa. And Nisi just she's like, it's a schwa. Like the right. way she's never heard of that word in her life, and she just like says it again to herself to like no one in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made me laugh. It just mm. made me laugh. It makes me laugh. Lori Metcalf. <laughs> uh, yes. Which and I love what I love about that moment as well is that she's holding like a catheter bag full of urine while she's saying it. Like it's just yeah, those yeah. little details where it's just yep, yep. You know, like that's not even. It's almost like an afterthought that she's got a bag full of urine in her hand. Yeah, and also telling Jenna that she can't loan Don money. Just like these little bits, like mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to her like for just like packing a punch, giving us what we need, and, uh, you know, being being memorable, at least in my eyes. Yeah. It's I hard, will, though. It's hard. It's hard. I will always celebrate Niecy Nash getting recognition, yes. so yes, no yes. complaints here. Yeah. Uh, which brings us to episode four of season one, uh, which opens with Dawn finding a um, what appears to be a homeless woman on a stretcher. And I'll tell you from the times in New York when I've gotten on the strangely Oof. empty subway car. Yes, we've and all been there. Discovered why I knew the smell that they were contend the many smells they were contending with as they were trying to you know take this woman's clothes off it's uh it's a real it's a real cornucopia of sense yeah i i mean the the thing that i kept thinking of the entire time and even later is like why aren't they wearing masks to just like kind right? of help a little bit with the smell but also it it, it makes the bit better like the <laughs> the one point where don like i think it's when they take off her shoes and she's like i can't see <laughs> It's like such a great, I can't see. It was such a like three stooges moment. I don't know why. Um, It it made me laugh hard, but oh God, it's, I, it's rough. Yeah. And Didi's like, can we just get used to the smell of this layer? Can we like, it was, yeah, it's the whole bit. bit, Yeah. Um, You know, don't open your mouth because then you're going to taste it, Uh, which is like, ugh. um, and there was some shot of like Birdie grossed out in the background, like yeah. waving her hand in front of her face. Yes, uh, I love the cutaways. Yeah, yeah, uh, and of course they they start to figure out that this was a dumped psych patient from Vegas. Which again, it's that there was a little of this in Nurse Jackie as well, but there is that commentary about like, well, this is what happens: is someone gets released from a psych ward, and then they get a one way ticket somewhere, and eventually they just you know get dumped at a hospital. Uh, wow. So. Uh, I thought this was a really subtle way to kind of, you know, without bringing down the show, you know, to talk about that. Yeah, Um, it's great. So we then get introduced to the featured actress of episode four. And I believe we will see again uh, is Molly Shannon as Phyllis, whose mother is a patient in the in the extended care ward. Phyllis Marmitan. Phyllis Marmitan. Yeah. Names in the show. Yes. Oh, and she, yeah, she talks about how, you know, she didn't feel safe leaving her suitcase in the car because she's parked next to one of those trucks with the decals. And I was wondering what those decals would be. I wonder if, um, I assume one of them is the, like, Calvin from Calvin and the Hobbes peeing. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, that is perfect. Yeah, Uh, but I don't know, maybe there's some, like, the the silhouette of the woman on the mud flaps, you know. Um, Yep. 
uh, I'm sure there's a no fear sticker, you know? Uh, yeah, it could be anything. Yeah. I, I, I just, even in like the two, it's more than two, obviously two, but like the couple lines that she has, you know, everything about Phyllis. Like you think my brother could come down because he's an hour away, but mm-hmm. no, you know, it's one of the, I know exactly who this woman is. Yeah. And, and it just bears mentioning right away that Molly Shannon needs an Oscar as well. Like Molly Shannon needs Oscar level roles. I think she is capable of it. Have you seen, I think it's called other people. Oh, I haven't. I haven't. And I know I love that. I didn't even finish it. You're like, no, I haven't seen it. No, I know. I I haven't seen it. Oh, and I'm, I kind of, you know, I kind of want to call the, pull the hacks protocol here because it's really good. It has, um, it's gay, you know, it has yes. Molly Shannon. It's, oh, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, other people. I think you'd really enjoy it. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. I don't, uh, know, what, I don't know what's going on over there. But I don't know what's going much. on, but I, yeah, I just don't get it. But she is, I just love Molly Shannon. I just, I'm so happy to see her in this. Uh, and so she, and, and like, I, I also agree. I feel like I, I know everything I need to know about her. And I also recognize this energy of, the adult child whose parent is in, you know, rehab or a nursing home yeah. or whatever. Like she gets that tone perfectly. Yeah. I, I will say about other people. One, the thing I do know that I've seen multiple times, there's a great acceptance speech on YouTube. I hope it's still there of Molly Shannon winning some sort of award, you know, like a, a satellite award or something, you know, mm-hmm. and like a, sort of like an early, Oscar season of that year. I don't know what year that came out or like who, you know, who eventually went on to be nominated, but oh, it is just so much joy. She's so happy. She's like, I never won anything. And she's just like so excited to just be on stage. So if anyone, you know, if you want to see Molly Shannon accepting and some kind of award, which we all do. Yeah. Give it a Google. I don't, I don't know which award it is, but if you, I'm sure you can find it. After right. a few All Google right. searches. Yeah. yeah. Kids Choice Award or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Nickelodeon. Um, yeah. 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 They slime her at the end of the speech. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I just she I was just so happy to see her. Um so uh Jenna comes back from her conference and she is uh she's feeling great. She's on a high. Uh she I love when she notices the the fountain that they've put in and she says to Dawn uh, you know, the whole world knows this looks ridiculous. Like, she, I I love her resistance to all of this. And maybe as someone who yes. fled corporate culture, I love that Jenna's like, no, no, all of this is stupid. This is not necessary. I, uh, I, I'm starting to, you know, by this episode, I'm starting to find ways in which I start to enjoy Jenna in a way, you know? Yeah, yes, I am totally team Jenna on all, all fronts as far as this new <laughs> initiative. I- yeah. Uh, they're doing the rounds and I noticed this the second time, I, second time I watched it and it was such a tiny nuance, but they are invest inspecting, inspecting. That's not the word. They are, uh, examining, uh, Jane Doe, the, the homeless yes. woman or the psych patient. Oof. And, uh, there's the opportunity for the intern to, you know, get a closer look and to see if, if, if what she has is a anal abscess or whatever. And so Dawn like lifts up the sheet and she's like moving the sheet and then like, 
Jenna says very subtly, she's like, don't wave the sheet around so much because it's like moving yeah. the smell around. And it's so good. It is like, I get it feels like something that had to have been improvised in the moment, you know? Yeah, it's it's perfect. I, I again, my note is why isn't anyone wearing a mask? Yeah, I know. Uh, I agree. Help, yeah. A mask or I know that you can put like um, like a menthol kind of like you know, oh. like Vicks VapoRub. You can put Vicks VapoRub under your nose, and that'll cover yes. the smell. Yeah. yeah, I would be stuffing tissues up my nose at that point, yeah. too. Anything to, like, mask the smell. Oof. Right. Yikes. Um, it's, it is, I mean, it, especially if you're, if you're putting your face in somebody's ass to see if they have an abscess. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, so. God bless doctors and nurses. Yeah. yeah God bless them. I know. I, uh, I just. I could never do it. I know we've talked yeah. about this already, but I could just never do it. But I'll tell you this, you know, we've talked in the past about like guys I'm attracted to and you know, the more they look like a monkey, the better. I yeah. also love like, there's something about like, you know, especially in New York when I see like a guy in scrubs on the train, I'm like, Oh, I'm in love with you. Yes. I don't yes, know what it is. Yes. I'm in love. Uh, <laughs> I just, and, and if it's, if a guy is, if a male nurse looks like a monkey, and he's listening. Forget it. I would like him to call me. I'll <laughs> I'll leave my number. BSA, the BSA pod at gmail.com. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the BSA pod at uh, gmail.com. Yeah. I uh, miss like back in my single days, like subway crushes, you know, even if it's for so... like a couple stops. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, they may not there's I feel like there's two categories. Like there's the kind where like they don't know you even exist, but you're like in love with them, like, you know, the monkey nurse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. But and then there are others where it's like, I I feel like you were maybe checking me out a little bit. And it's like it's like a mutual sort of glancing, but then mm-hmm. he gets off and you're just kind of, you know. Sometimes it's a little boost. You got to do something on the subway. Yeah. Well, you know, back in the day, it was like, then you would go on Craigslist and check misconnections. Yes, and be like, yes, maybe. Yes. He's like, oh, maybe maybe he's talking about me. Let me you know, that, that <laughs> could have been me. That Maybe that, that might have been me. Uh, I oh, I had that in my early 20s. I the, the fantasy of the subway husband. Oh, my God. I have so yes. many subway husbands out there, but... You know that at the at the moment know. at the time they were it. I was like, "There you are, there's, there he goes, the man of my dreams." And yeah. uh, you know, and there's but, so many beautiful people in New York too. It's like I, I I remember like when I would be on OK Cupid or Grinder or whatever it happened to be. Like the the transition from like New York gays to Pittsburgh gays. Nothing wrong with a Pittsburgh gay. I will say that. Uh, sure, I am a Pittsburgh. Gay. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also, uh, you know, it's just interesting once once you leave New York because there's a lot of actors and models and musicians, and it's you that's know, the it, it gets interesting. It's a different it's a different mix of people. I totally agree. Yes. Yeah. I even see that when I go to like Fort Lauderdale, you know, where yeah. it's like, and again, it is not about that there are not attractive people. It's just you, yes. it, it, it's exactly the point. Like living in Astoria. Yeah, there's lots of actors. You know, I'll tell you, it's not, uh, it's not quite the, it's not quite the, you know, the Armani Exchange you may think it is. <laughs> but yeah, there's some pretty people on the grid. Yeah, uh, but at you're least right. The Banana Republic. We'll, we'll at the say, very yeah. least, at the very least, you know. Going with the monkey theme, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, now we're talking turkeys. Like a male, a monkey male nurse shopping at a Banana Republic. Oh, oh yeah. And then I can be like, are you here because you like bananas? Because you're a monkey. 
a monkey who likes to help people. Yeah. And they're like, sir, can you please leave? Sir, that's a mannequin. Yeah. And then yeah. they realize I'm ha- I've been <laughs> having a psychotic break. Mannequin. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, um, yeah. Suddenly I'm face anyway. down on a bed in an extended care ward and someone's checking yes. my butt to see if it's an abscess. Oh, yeah. yikes. Ugh. Um, well. Physical fitness. Physical fitness. So Jenna's excited. Jenna's excited. Uh, the and and she's demonstrating how they're going to do this by lifting people with wedgies by forming a saddle, as she says. That I, uh, I have to say, I was curious of like, does this really work? Is this really like a way you can lift people <sighs> comfortably? I, I guess I should add. Yeah, I mean, probably more often than not uncomfortably, but, like, it gives you something to hold on to, I guess. Like, and I'm glad I know it. If I ever have to pick someone up and I just don't have it within me, then... (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's just... It sure is interesting. Grab them by the undies. I mean, I guess the (laughs) idea is that you eventually... you, You scoop a hand under there, so that way your hand is the saddle helping to support them. Their, you know, their undercarriage versus yeah. the wedgie just continuing to pull up. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's, uh, I think that's maybe that's how it's a little bit more of a compassionate act. I don't know. I'm very caught up on this. I, I'm, yeah. Uh, I may, I may Google later. Uh, yeah, I'll, some... I'll try it on Keon when he least expects. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. report back next week. I was gonna say, um, I, uh, I have no one to try this on, uh, but I think Keon, if you're listening, I apologize. You pulled the short <laughs> straw here. Yeah. <laughs> I do love this moment. I know we keep going back to the office too with like Michael Scott, but it, it seems like such a Toby and Michael moment where Patsy in this case is Toby mm-hmm. but Patsy asks if all of or any of this has been cleared and Jenna just says fine and then she just like she like the way that she walks through the crowd and then just keeps it is perfect it's so good it's so like when Michael would look at Toby and be like why are you the way that you are you know like just that like that withering rage i love that yes um you know, we get a we get a bright moment. Uh, Dawn wins the raffle that she spent three hundred dollars of tickets on, and uh, she wins the basket. She wins the weekend at the at the casino. Pachanga, the pachanga. At pachanga, gift. yeah. Uh, yes. I love that some of them say pachanga and some of them say pachanga. Like yes, I love Dina that. Yes, said pachanga. Pachanga. And I was like, oh, Nisi, you are making all the right choices. Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah, because Didi would say pachanga. I love that. Yeah. Um, the act in terms of acting choices, Alex Borstein. I mean, when she's marveling that she won, and, and she says, "Nothing nice has ever happened to me." It is yes. like it's moments like that where I'm like, "God, this woman is such a good actress." Like she is. There is so much sadness, like brimming in 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 Dawn, you know, and like everything is is hinged on this gift basket right now, you know. I just love her in this episode. I'm so happy to see it. And I just love, I love that line to agree with you. Yes, yes, yes. I have it like in bold. But also like, I love how she, I guess there's two things that she accomplishes. I love how, one, I love that she shares it with everyone. She's passing it around to everyone. But also at the same time, she's killing two birds with one stone because she's like bragging about her win at the same time. Because I feel like she just, she has to let everyone know. But I love that about her i that whole sequence of her just naming off the crazy things that are in this i could have watched that for like an hour 
it was th- my favorite part when I, and I'm going to get it wrong, but when she, when she's with Birdie and she, I, th- I, I think she's something like, oh, that's Geronimo spiced pears or something like that. Yeah. And Birdie's reaction was so like, it, it reminded me of like a grandma reacting to like, oh, look what you made me. She goes, ooh, ooh, like it's the yes. cutest reaction. It, it kind of reminds me of, um, Margot Martindale and Lazy Susan when she's opening up the birthday presents and she's like, yes. oh, look at these drawings. Like it was that kind of reaction. Yes. Um, so supportive. She's a yeah. Mrs. Lomax Dreamcatcher hand soap. <laughs> I don't even know what Dreamcatcher <laughs> hand soap is. Mrs. Lomax. Oh, oh that was one of my favorites. It's, it's just. So good. It's... I was. You're so happy for her. Yeah. It is like one of those moments similar to the way that Jenna eventually is uh, kind of sympathetic and like stands up for Dawn in the end of the episode, but it's not just because she's a, doing sympathetic something sympathetic, but because she's gotten bad, you know, bad reviews from her colleagues. I feel like the similarly here, the sweetness of this moment is kind of undercut by the sourness of like, well, Dawn also just needs the validation that everyone knows she won. Um, yes. I love that yes. kind of like dedication to everything's a little bittersweet, you know? Yeah, and I, but I, God, I just love that sequence so much, and Uh, eventually it all comes kind of crashing down in a moment, but uh, I I think next is when Don and Patsy have that talk. Yes, so then that's when they have that talk, and when he kind of, like, starts off by wanting to kind of, you know, cut things off with her, and then when he realizes when she starts bringing up the gay thing, and it's like, well... Well, maybe I'm not sure about us. Maybe we should go to Delbert's. And I was just like, ugh, I can picture the cheeseburgers at Delbert's already, you know? Yeah, it's not great. I, I love that she sits down because he's like, can we talk about it again? And mm-hmm. she sits down and he's like, oh, well, not now. And then she just gets right, back right, up. right. Oh, and she's like, she the way that she walks out the door, she's like, well, I'm still on my diet. So maybe, maybe some grilled vegetables and. A, a protein the way that she just like the doors like kind of slamming on her she it's so funny oh it well, is the, so good the nuance of that is because I, I love that too she's like when i'm still on my diet and she like wipes her nose when she says it and i don't know why but this is why nuance matters the acting choice to wipe her nose while she's saying that just like did something it just added a flavor that i just really yes. appreciated um and a protein yeah and, 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 a, and a protein oh god uh, and so then I think it's the scene afterwards that Jenna confronts her about like, well, you know, you, you didn't technically win the raffle because, you know, you hadn't paid me for the tickets yet. So like the principle of it, you know, you didn't really win. Uh, and then, and then Dawn was like, well then fine. Like, I'll just give it to you. It's fine. And the way that Lori Metcalf handles the line of like except that you've already given away half the treats you know like the, yes. that that disappointment is just <laughs> like uh you know i there are moments that just it makes me so happy to think that like we are in a time when one of our greatest american living actresses is laurie metcalf like you know there's <laughs> I there's know. A, America is, I, I think that, you know, there's things to like about America. There's a lot of things to not like about America. There's a lot of things to not like about living in 2021. Um, but I, the Laurie Metcalf of it all over the past, you know, couple of decades, I think is a reason to believe in America, you know? Yeah, we need something to believe in. And we believe in Laurie Metcalf. I, I, I do. I, I, I wish I would have like killed for some sort of like moment of Jenna in her little office 
watching Dawn give out the treats to everyone, like mm-hmm. just kind of noticing maybe a minute before she comes over that it's happening and just silently watching her. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. It might have been too cheeky, but I, I thought it would have been great. Like watching the treats just slip away into these people's hands. <laughs> um, well, so that dream she... Dream hand soap. Dream, yeah, yeah, dream, dream catcher hand soap. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I think then she she knows that, that Dawn is, is now frustrated with her. And so uh, instead of trying to clean that up, uh, Jenna turns to Dee Dee and is like, oh, I want your husband to, you know, fix my, uh, fix driveway, my driveway, pave my yeah. driveway. And the way that when when Dee Dee was like, well, you know, he'd get you, uh, you know, light fixtures on wholesale. And then Jenna says, oh, no, I don't like wholesale. It's a bit grubby. <laughs> like, oh, she's the worst. She's the worst. Um, and so the next scene is this uh, this meeting. You know, it's kind of the. I, and I, the cares, I, awards. The cares yes. award meeting, and of course they've. I'd seen this at my last company where it's like, oh, we're we want to make sure we're we're bringing people from different teams and different departments, and you know, you're we're, other teams are being represented. It's all bullshit. Like it's all again yeah, bullshit. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, but I love how Dee Dee is just paying zero attention, and she's like, yeah, sure, I'll, I guess I'll, I I nominate Dawn for Who Cares. <laughs> I, just, I thought that was so funny. Yes, the Who Cares award. Yeah. Uh, so after this, and I hadn't realized how much I needed to see this until I saw it, but Phyllis approaches, she wants to talk to, to Dr. James about her mother and, you know, she's brought her internet research and watching Lori Metcalf and Molly Shannon interact with each other. I was like, I need to see you two play sisters yesterday. Yeah. It's we. I never realized how much I needed to see them together. It's like it's mm-hmm. basically I'm repeating what you're saying, but it really was like, ah, oh, what a time to be alive, and what what great casting. Yeah, and and just like just the way, the two of them are so good, and I think they make similar choices, and yet they're very different actresses. They also obviously have, have very similar facial features, and so like Lori as the slightly older sister of Molly. I mean, as like sisters in an Irish family and like maybe all it is is like their father is dying and then they need to go like be at his bedside like I don't need much of a plot I just need to be able to see them as sisters for 90 minutes you know yeah I need Laurie Metcalf to play the older sister who like the sister who stayed behind I need her to be the one that's like mad Uh and Molly Shannon comes back and she's like you weren't here I need like some sort of like And, and I throw down and I don't know who I need to play their mother, but I, I mean, I went yeah. to Margot very quickly, but I think it needs to be even older because I think Lori is maybe in her late fifties, early sixties. Yeah. We'd have to go older. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I it's mm. not, it's not June. It's not June squib. Um, this is something to think about. This is something to think yeah, about very I importantly. Yeah, kind of fun. Is, uh, in the, uh, so we can put a pin in it, but in the fantasy movie, maybe listeners have an idea, but in the fantasy movie of Laurie Metcalf and Molly Shannon as Irish sisters with a dying father who's playing their mother. What about like Laura Dern's mom? <laughs> I hate that I said oh, that. Oh, Diane Ladd. <laughs> like I, I can never oh. remember her name. Something yeah, like like a Diane Ladd type, you know. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm just trying to think like who, because like then I'm like, oh, what about Jenna Rollins? You know. Yeah, 
I mean, um, yes. And like, I'm trying to think of like, who sort of looks like them. Yeah. And so I don't know. It's this is I could play this game it's for ongoing. the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is um, I really uh, this is the sourdough starter of my life. You know, I'm going to yes. use this for the rest of my days. Uh, and so, um, you know, the there's sort of also this interesting moment where and I think this is a great compassionate moment for Jenna where she realizes that the doctors never really communicated to Phyllis that her mother was indeed, you know, in palliative care and not rehab, mm-hmm. that there was no chemo. And I, I think that the compassion that she shows of like uh, kind of switching gears, I think it's genuine. And I think it's a really mm-hmm. smart choice that like, it's not that Jenna James is impo- is incapable of bedside manner, you know, um, yes. much like we eventually saw with Michael Scott, where like, it's not that he was incapable of being a good human being, it just only came in certain moments. And so I like that we do get one of those moments with Jenna. Yeah, because it goes from like escalated, just like, I don't know, Molly Shannon as Phyllis is like almost like, like how many times, I'm sure like doctors just hate the internet because of how many, like the printouts, she printed out the paper, or she read the article yep. on the on the internet that if we, if you try this, and it's sort of escalating, and then she just kind of snuffs it out. And, and and at first, kind of, I don't want to say aggressive way, but like she has to, she has to put a stop to what's going on. And then she sort of, like you said, turns on the bedside manner and is, I, she's like, what did she say? There's the line, "You're absolutely talking, and I'm yeah. absolutely listening." You know, yeah. it's oh. like she. Got- it's it was so, so good. good. Yeah, you are absolutely talking, and I am absolutely listening. It's brilliant because it's such yeah. it, it's such a, an evasive way to navigate like this aggressive moment. Because Molly Shannon is playing this perfectly, like the yeah. way that she's like, "Well, my mo- I, I want to see my mother's records. Like, I drove here seven hours. I think I should be allowed to see my mother's yes. records. Like, that is like pitch perfect. Of just, it's all brimming underneath, and there's mm-hmm. all of this frustration underneath. It's that, and the frustration is. Not only at this situation, but the fact that she's, you know, you know, at her at her mother's bedside, you know, uh, mm-hmm. potentially dying. Like I think, I just, I, I was getting so much from Molly Shannon in this episode. Yeah, it made me want to see more, and I'm glad there is more. So. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, and the only reason I know that is because she's in the thumbnail for the sixth episode. Ooh, um, so I at least know that she'll she'll show up again. Um, got it. But, uh, ooh, there's a storm coming in in New York right now. I'll tell you it's what. It's coming. It's coming. Um, but uh, anyway, we do get this scene where, um, with Jane Addams and, and Dee Dee again, where Dee Dee finds out, ooh, the wind is blowing, where Dee Dee finds out that she has to take this, like, 18-hour course, and there's all oh, these steps she's got to go through, you know, because she made a homophobic comment to a gay, you know, employee and she says well that you know he's not really gay and then they have to go through this whole thing of like well if i were to guess you wouldn't necessarily be telling me now would you uh and which is just like an interesting setup i don't know what's going to happen next but the idea of like as we just as we learned from the first episode um you know sleeping with coworkers is a real whoops kitty so uh yes I love how she says um, she like nods her head her head yes but says no. Uh huh. Oh, I love that and the way <laughs> she just kind of keeps nodding. That. Yeah. Uh, and I think that you know by the end of this episode, to me, this was really a lot of this was um, 
I think it, what I'm expecting is a turning point in Jenna, a Michael Scott kind of turning point in Jenna where we not, it's not just like, Oh, I need to get to this conference. It's important to me and blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's not, it's not just like selfish Dr. James, but now she's in the situation where she has to reapply for this job that she never really wanted in the first place because she has super low scores. I mean, like I just, it was like, Oh, this is, strangely humanizing you know yeah and the, the the idea that she's like oh well those i don't think those are actually my scores so I, mm-hmm. I think we should you know reevaluate and maybe come back like the way that she has she tries to dodge that is so i don't know she makes such a good saleswoman you know what i mean like yeah she never takes no for an answer and even like the packets that she gives the two of those men and like the presentation and like how I just you feel bad because so much work went into that you know that it did and she's like ready for plan B C and D and then it's just they just tell her no yeah and she has like a, a tiny face journey there and then it's like and on top of that your your it's like your job's kind of in jeopardy is basically what they're saying right like we're thanks but no thanks on the exercise initiative but actually you know, we actually have a bigger issue to discuss. Like it really, it, it like watching Lori Metcalf navigate all of the, the, the emotion she wants them to see versus the one she's feeling and the ones she's feeling that are coming through anyway. Like it's, it, it is really incredible to watch. Like if you like acting yeah. choices, this scene is some great subtle Lori Metcalf work. Yeah, because she has to swallow her pride and, like, everything else and still kind of, I don't know, especially since it's two men, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, not let, I'm sure she's had so many other moments like this leading up to this as well, too. So she's had some practice, unfortunately, right. but, like, it's it's really interesting to see her just, like, in the last couple seconds of her leaving. And she's like, well, you know, we all gotta we all got to brush up on things and, you know, and, you know. I, I have room to grow and like those aren't the lines but it's like stuff like that that she just yeah. kind of smiles and then leaves oh it's so it, good though it's so it's good so good uh and so she gets back to the care ward and then you know she's apologizing to dawn and insisting that she takes the basket and dawn's like oh, i don't want it she's you know uh, and I think again, one of one of my favorite lines in the episode is like when D when Dee Dee says, you know, well then I'll take it, and uh, <laughs> and then Jenna says, okay, well there you go, half eaten hemp sticks. I don't know yes. why, but half well, eaten hemp, hemp, hemp sticks. I just <laughs> the specificity of hemp half eaten hemp sticks. I just yeah. I love that. And then yeah, she's like, you know, I'll go to I'll I'll go to Pachanga. I don't care. <laughs> I feel like the writers' room would ha- like had so much fun and just like naming everything that's in that basket because it yeah. truly is like a list of ridiculous things that are believable at the same time too. Um, right, right. Th- these are the garbage snacks that show up in one of these baskets. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, you know, we get this this scene with Dee Dee and Phyllis that you know I think was all obviously you know it's all about these nightgowns of phyllis's mother but then she says that thing about like oh i just um i think she'd really want to have them i feel like she'd feel really lost without them and it's like okay this is not about the nightgowns yeah you know uh but i'll i'll watch molly shannon and niecy nash do this scene all day long you know what i mean like 
Oh, this was. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Doubt? Not the movie Doubt. Of course, you've seen Doubt. I was uh, like, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, hello. Uh, have you seen the movie Wit? Uh, I saw the play with Cynthia Nixon in New York. Oh yeah, awesome. I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but I have not seen the movie. No. Oh, the movie is great. Uh, Emma Thompson is amazing. Audra McDonald plays the nurse. Ooh. So it's just like Audra McDonald. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, oh, it's so good. But uh, there is, again, like there's a scene between the two of them eating ice pops that like in wit where I was like, oh, I could watch this scene go on all day. Yes. Yes. I, so. It's been a while, but I, I, I remember, I remember the show being incredible. I remember, um, did that like win like a Pulitzer Prize? It just sounds like something that did. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I feel like it's like a prestige play, but it's yeah. great because it has like five people in it and like four of them are women, something like that. Yeah, no, it pretty much. I think there's uh, I think there's only two men, and then there's the nurse, and then there's her old like professor mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yes, yes. But yeah, yeah. In the movie, it's um, it's great. I think the doctors are. Oh, I think in the movie the the old professor or whatever is eileen atkins who we love oh gosh yes and then yes, the doctors yes. i think the intern might be i want to say noah Wiley. wiley noah wiley it's someone like him oh, if it's not him he's adorable yeah he's adorable. and then the doctor dr kalikian i'll never forget that name dr kalikian uh is played by christopher lloyd who is oh. you know one of those actors who i get excited to see the same way i'm excited about like a woman you know yes yeah of course yeah yeah Sort of queen territory there. With yeah. Christopher. Yeah. Yes. So actually, you know, we could do we could do a, a BSA episode about Audra McDonald in that if we oh, want. That would be great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, okay. so maybe maybe we'll put that on uh, not the list, but a list, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, a different one. A shorter uh, list. list. A shorter yes. list. Another list. Uh, so as we see towards the end of this episode, Jenna is considering a position that was offered to her or suggested to her in Cleveland. Um, I, you know, again, I think I also having had gotten, you know, annual reviews at work and having gotten surprisingly low scores on things. And I was like, this is, what is this? I, I identified with Jenna more than I expected to, but instead of finding a different job, I was just like, fuck it, I'm quitting. So I, I was sort of really cheering for Jenna at this point. I was like, yeah, get the fuck out of this hospital. Don't play these games. Go to Cleveland. Yeah. Yes. Do it. Uh, and then this, this doctor, David, shows up from the hospital uh, because they figured out that the Jane Doe patient was, was dumped there by the, by the ER, by the main building. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, and Dawn has this great confrontation with David where she's like, uh, what does she say? You know, I'll have you written up faster than you can say what happened to my medical career because uh, you're a lousy dumper, you know? Uh, and then, you know, at David's pulling weight and then, uh, and then Jenna steps in and she says, uh, you know, did you hear what nurse Forchette said? And I, uh, expect you to respect my nurses and, and, and just the, like the, the body language of the scene and the way that after he leaves and she has like, did you, did you notice how she has like her hands on her lower back? Like she's doing, there's just this like, there, the way that Laurie Metcalf navigates the moment after David leaves is fascinating because it is such a, it's such a weird nebulous emotional state that Jenna is in. And like, it's also like, oh, she's taken ownership of this role. She's taken ownership of this ward and of these nurses. And she's like, 
I don't know, earning respect versus asking for it and demanding for it for the first time that we've seen in four episodes, you know? Yeah, it's kind of what we've been wanting, too. It's like, um, and, and the motivation behind it, too, is also like, it, it reminds me of like one of those things, like an older sibling and a younger sibling, like, but if another person comes and makes fun of your younger sibling, like, hey, only I can do that. So, right, buddy, buddy you right. know, one of those, quite not quite the same thing, but it has that energy to an extent, too. But like, at the end of the day, she's doing her job and, and helping Don out, which is... I loved it. I loved every moment. I didn't catch the body language. I think I was probably typing, um, but I'm more than willing to go back and look at that. It's worth a look. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes me hope that as much as I think earlier in the season, I wanted to see Jenna get like a comeuppance from Dawn. Now I'm really open to the idea of there being a, a, a bond that forms and a humanizing yeah, an of Jenna. Yeah, I think that's a more interesting narrative. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we'll find out because that's the end of episode four. I think that's pretty much how it all wraps up. Uh, yeah, and the homeless lady stole the nightgowns. That was oh, a that's right, way and the, that, the yellow nightgown. It was yes. a great shot. It was a great shot. We never see her face, but we just see her leaving in the yellow nightgown. And uh, that's the end of episode four. And uh, we only have two episodes left of season one. I can't believe it. We are just. We're just getting on. Whizzing through. Who was your BSA of episode four, Colin? Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, this is a tough one. I I think I I loved Molly Shannon. I'm going to give it to Lori Metcalf this episode because I think that she had to navigate just such an emotional transition throughout the entire episode, and she does it so subtly, and I just... Uh, loved it but molly shannon gets credit as well yeah like a runner-up um mm. i it's it's hands down uh don alex borstein for me like mm. the nothing nice has ever happened to me just handing out the treats the way that she i mean also like i'm still on my diet so, you know, just the way oh, that right. she, there's also a little moment, we didn't mention it, but it's also fine. Um, I think it's Margaret again, goes up to Patsy and says, you know, I've been looking for an inspired mentor and the way that Don like <laughs> gives her like the oh, eye. Yeah. It's so perfect. Yeah. So yes, uh, Don, I am team Don for this episode all the way. Oh, good. Well, I, I feel like, you know, uh, everybody got recognition. You... You gave yeah. it to Nisi Nash, the first one. I gave it yes. to Jane Adams. I gave it to Lori Metcalf, the second episode. You gave it to Alex Borstein. Yeah. Molly Shannon got recognition. While we're handing out pieces of the crown and Gilbert, nice blowjob, you know? <laughs> yes, everyone wins. And we win just by watching this show and these yeah. women. Yeah, so uh, everybody's a winner. Yeah, yeah, everybody's a fucking winner. I feel like Molly Shannon winning some award for other people. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah. Well, any other thoughts on these two episodes or on getting on or anything else before I uh, give an ear tug to the orchestra? No, I am. Uh, I feel good. I'm excited for the next two episodes. All right. Well, then, uh, do you want to give them the? You want to give them the hint? You want to let them know we're ready? I'm giving the hint right he's now. He's giving the it's hint right now. It's, yeah, he's giving the visual hint. I'm, I'm waving. He's giving the hint. Ah, there we go. We're being played off. There we go. Uh, they, they didn't expect it coming from you, but uh, keep on their toes. Uh, well, where can folks find more of you? 
Uh, they can find me every Thursday on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast. And they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kuchana. How about you? Well, you can hear more of me on my other podcasts, All Right Mary, currently talking about both uh, Drag Race All-Stars 6 and Drag Race España, uh, or In the Details, uh, which is coming back this month. And you can find more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore, and of course you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Twitter at BSA Pod. And you can also reach out to us at our email, which is thebsapod at gmail.com. Especially if you're a nurse that looks like a monkey. I was just going to say, especially <laughs> if you're a nurse. Riding the subway. He's riding a subway. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to think there's any other, you know, if he's wearing a pair of Converse, that might be nice. There we um, go. There but we go. you know, I'm, I'm open. So uh, speaking of uh, speaking of being open about what kind of shoes someone's wearing, keep your peepers peeled because our, our best supporting after show will be coming out on Friday. And uh, I kind of know what we're going to be talking about, but it's going to be a fun little chit chat. You know, it was a holiday weekend. So ease up. We're just going to yeah. have a little bit of a catch up on what we've been doing, seeing and and eating. If you'll remember my BSA from last week, there will be an update on that. And that, as they say, is that. <laughs>